my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Questions for God. This is the show where we can ask difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. If you have questions... You can text them to our desk on 0438 655 We'd love to hear your questions. Please send your questions through to us. We'll answer them either today or if we don't have time, we'll flow them across to tomorrow. Today, today's big question is talk about the end times, just sensational fear-mongering. Our lady in the hot seat today is Mrs. Helen Gray. Helen's the lay pastor of the Birdwood Church in South Australia. Uh, Helen really enjoys making complex subjects super practical and really enjoys responding to your questions. Welcome to you, Helen. It is fantastic. To have you here. Thank you, Gary. That was very enthusiastic. Well, <laughs> and that rubs off. Well, I, I tell you, it is really good to actually have you in the studio today because I really appreciate the passion that you have for scriptural subjects. To oh, me, it, it's, it's exciting. Bless you. Thank you, Gary. Look, living life with Christ is life more abundantly. Uh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't yeah. stress that enough. Yeah. yeah. H- Helen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, uh, you're, you're a lady who has, has a family. You've got, you've got children. I have six. Six children? Yes, six children. And, uh, I think it's 13 grandchildren. And wow. I didn't think you were that old. About, Four great grandchildren that I know of. Hmm. Wow! Wow, that's now tremendous. that's a surprise, isn't it? That is a surprise, indeed. It is. Okay, now do I confess? Now tell me. <laughs> I have six children. Yes, I always wanted six children. By the way, and the good Lord knew that. And um, I had in mind I was going to have my six kids. I was going to be out in the the forest, lovely little cottage garden, you know, home baked mm, bread, yeah, and all yeah. the rest of it. And that was I wasn't a career woman at all. That was not in my mind. Yeah. Um, God brought me down a path which was quite interesting. I did not have the house in the woods. I did make my own bread, though. And when it came to children, sadly, I lost the first. And then um, we were advised to adopt. Mm-hmm. So my youngest is adopted. And um, he, when we first got Shane, he was only six weeks old. Had very, very um, black hair, lost it all at eight weeks and went blonde, curly blonde. And, um, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful child. And then, sadly enough, a few years later, my first marriage split up. Mm. And then um, three years later, I met another man, and um, I believed that he was a a good Christian man. And um, three years after that, we got married. Mm -hmm. But he had five children. So five plus one? Equals six. Yes. And I remember saying to the Lord, you have got the oddest sense of humor. So I ended up with five stepchildren, one adopted children. Love them all. I, unfortunately, I don't see them very often. They all live elsewhere. It's a, it's a common but, problem, that one, actually. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But I delight in all, every one of them. <laughs> I am blessed. In, indeed. To, to have a, 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 a multiplied brood is a fantastic thing, isn't yes, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell, absolutely. Tell me, Helen, have you always been a person of faith? Now, it depends what you count as a person of faith. I've always loved Jesus. 
Okay. I went to Sunday school, and to me, Jesus was my best friend. Mm. Absolutely. Sadly, I I was involved in abuse when I was little, and um, I relied on Jesus. Mm. I felt that when I was alone, that he was right there, and I could put my head in his mm. lap, and that's how close I felt to Jesus. I mm. used to write little songs to him and wow. and things like that. Um, I felt he was the only friend I ever had. Yeah. And um, as I got older, somebody told me about my about the father, God. Mm-hmm. Only they made a mistake of saying he's just like your earthly father. And sadly, my father was very strict. He was an abuser. Mm-hmm. And I thought if God's like him, I don't want anything to do with God. Mm-hmm. So I ignored him for two years. Fortunately, mm-hmm. God didn't ignore me. And I'd love to hear one time your story about how you came through that because I know there's mm. so many of our listeners can actually relate to to, to mm. that particular story. Yes, yeah. Um, I know we ha- don't have a lot of time tonight, but just very briefly, um, I remember that when I was studying the Bible one day and Jesus said, I came to show you the Father. Mm. And it really made me sit up. Mm. And I thought, whoa, back. <laughs> and he said, he and my Father are one. And I, I knew what I thought of Jesus, and then I thought, well, I have to kind of rethink. And uh, then I went to a mission and learned all about the prophecies, mm-hmm. which blew my mind completely mm-hmm. apart. Yeah. As it does with yes. a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad. Yeah. I am so, so glad. Pastor Raymond Stanley, many years ago, was running yeah. a prophecy yeah. um, seminar down in Melbourne. And, um, yeah, that was God opening the way. And it was just absolutely incredible. Fell in love with, with God and with Jesus all over again. And I kind of figured if the Bible with all the prophecies, which I had gone to history as well, were mm. true and so accurate, there had to be a mastermind behind it. Wow. And yeah. that was really the transformation for me. And there are so yeah. many who have come to that exact same same mm. conclusion. If, in fact, there is a, a, a God that is able to, to to reveal the future, if there is a, a God that's able to touch human life, then, yes. hey, maybe he can touch my life as well. Absolutely, Gary. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you need, even though you get that faith, you also need to hang on to him on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. Because if we think, you know, we, we come to him, we give our life to him, we're baptized, and if we think, oh, right, we're saved. That's it. It's not a once saved, always saved. And it is a daily relationship. And my life has been like a journey. Mm. And he brings me along and he teaches me a lesson. And it's like he says, right, you got that one. Let's step it up a bit. And here we go again. <laughs> so, yeah. It's amazing how that happens. Mm. It, it all, it's, it's repetitive in many ways, isn't mm. it? You know? yeah. uh, tell me, you're the lay pastor of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, what does a lay pastor actually do? Well, I'm very fortunate that although I'm the lay pastor, I do have a colleague who is the main pastor. Okay. And so he kindly, although he's got a lot of other churches, uh, and that's um, Pastor Matt, Matt Hunter, mm-hmm. um, he kindly agreed that we could work together and he would do the administration work and he would chair the, the meetings much appreciated. <laughs> wow. I, what a blessing that must be. Absolutely. And so he does that, and I take care of the pastoral care work and the evangelist work and the Bible work. Okay. Okay. So, so is the Birdwood Church, is that a large church? It's not huge by any stretch of the imagination, but it is certainly bigger than the one I was in before, which was mm-hmm. Barossa. Um, a great bunch of people. Just yeah, just yeah. absolutely love them. They're working well together. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, since this lockdown, I've realized how crazy we all are because we're on Facebook together and, you know, and you've got somebody saying, oh, dear, I miss that cheesecake, and somebody saying, yeah, so do I. Oh, but we love you. And I said, 
you're a crazy bunch, but I love you all. Yes, yeah. you start to really see people when you see them through Facebook, don't you? Oh, I believe so. Yeah, that's the reason I, I don't so. have Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> chicken. Yeah, chicken. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Helen, we're going to come to our question. This is a really big question that we're going to come to in just a moment. But before we do, let's just come to uh, Andre Crouch. I love this, uh, the, the story behind this song. It's not just a, not just a story. Sounded like music in my ear It's great to have you as part of a Faith FM Drive Time program where we're looking at big questions of the Christian faith. Today, we're asking that big question, is talk about the end times just sensational fear-mongering? What does the future hold? I was reading a, uh, uh, a pamphlet a little while ago, and uh, they looked at the top five. How do people expect the world to conclude Well, coming at number five was this suggestion. We're going to blow ourselves up. If it all began with a big bang, then it's all going to end with a big bang. The Cold War, it's ended. There's no more mutually assured destruction. But there are ageing reactors in earthquake areas and megaton bombs in unstable countries. Are we going to blow ourselves up? Coming in at number four was... A response that said, we're going to go by enviro death, polluting the ocean and the sky, overpopulation, global warming, the end of the story. Is that how it's all going to conclude? But then coming in at number three was this response, nature 
is going to let us down. Some of the, some of the suggestions that were made, an asteroid, maybe a killer virus. Hey, how applicable is that to today? As the scientist and philosopher Richard Robinson said, the human species will one day die out like the species of all life. Is that what's going to happen? Then there was coming in at number two suggestion was this one. Civilization is going to break down. It was, it's been recorded in a book by Arnold Toynbee. The graffiti, the graffiti, he says, was absolutely amazing. The graffiti on the walls said this. Society is deteriorating. Respect for parents and everyone. Uh, there is children no longer respect their parents and everyone thinks they have a, a, have a book or a story to tell. It's clear that the collapse or the end of the world is at hand. You could almost think it was written today. But that was on an Assyrian tablet dated 3000 BC. Or perhaps this might interest you. Our teenagers love luxury. <laughs> have you heard, heard that, that before? Uh, they have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disparate respect for their parents. They mock them at home. They tyrannise their teachers at school. Who said that? Who do you think might have said that? Would you be surprised to know that Plato, 2,400 years ago, said that? We can laugh because we say it couldn't happen today. No. But both of those writers were actually talking about collapsing civilizations. Both Greece and Assyria once ruled the world, but their cultures crumbled. The question was asked, could ours be following a similar direction? Arnold Toynbee, in his ten-volume study of history, Actually goes as far as detailing uh, 21 civilizations that went down the gurgler. He says that the symptoms of a, dis of a dying society are quite profound. What he says is that those, those indicators are significant. He says there are indicators like war becomes an obsession. He suggested that technical skill starts to outpace moral and spiritual growth. I just wonder. Is that something that's occurring today? He said that real creativity is being replaced in those societies with moral abandon and lack of self-control. Indicators that a civilization is about to fall. It's happened, says Toynbee, 21 times in the past. I wonder what it says to us today. He kept on going. He started to speak about sexual freedom wrecking families. You know, I, I wonder if that could be applied to our world today. People believe that the world is ruled by chance, so nothing they do really matters. Religion is watered down. Toynbee's book is a powerful uh, is a powerful book that talks about civilizations that are on the on the downhill track but what was the what was the number one view that came out as being the uh, the way our civilization would conclude 
Number number five, you remember, they said we're going to blow ourselves up. Number four was enviro death. Number three, that nature would take us down. Uh, number two was that civilization itself would break down. But there was still a belief there, and it brought us to number one, that God will take over. Admittedly, there are plenty of fruit loops <laughs> have said it, and but most of the, the world's religions continue to teach it. Even Jesus told his disciples, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. You see, Christianity and each of the world's major religions believes that we're actually moving to some sort of grand climax. But that brings us to today's question. Is talk about the end times just sensational fear-mongering or is there more to it? That's what we're going to be looking at from the Scriptures in just a, a minute or two. But before we go there, let's go to Anthem Lights. Because he lives, I know who holds tomorrow. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow Because he lives, all fear is gone Because I know my Redeemer lives I know my Redeemer lives 
does the Bible say about the end of the world? Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God with... Pastor Gary and Mrs. Helen Gray. Uh, this is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. If you have questions, you can test you can text them to our desk at 0438 665. That's 0438 665. We would love to hear your questions. We'll devote either an entire show to them or if we can answer them on the spot, we'll share with them right here and right now. Each week, we invite you to text your questions to us so we can answer those questions. Today, we're asking is talk about the end times, just sensational fear-mongering. I have with me in the studio Helen Gray. She's lay pastor of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. Helen's, um, Helen, thank you so much again for coming uh, into, the, into the studio. I really appreciate your coming. I really appreciate your ability uh, to be able to, to, to share often complex uh, things in a very simple way. But I also really appreciate the passion that you have got for, uh, for the Christian life. Thank you, Gary. It is a delight to be here. Though I must admit, when I first read the um, the question, I looked at it and I thought, okay, fear-mongering, mm, sensational. And the first thing that came into my head was fire and brimstone preaching. Mm. You remember that that yeah. used to be the uh, old yeah, method? Yeah, that used to be an old method. It certainly and used to be. And how did it affect people? They were afraid. They Absolutely. Went, yeah, yeah, yeah. They went away. Afraid. They were afraid. They were afraid. When I heard you list those five points, you know, about people thinking about the end of the world, I was very pleased that you came back to point number one mm. because that's the part of hope. Yeah. You know, with God, it's an endless hope. Without him, sorry, hopeless end. Helen, I am really looking forward to what you've got to got to share because I'm just re- would love you to dig into the to the scriptures mm. just a little bit, just to to share with us on this particular question. You're going to be looking, I believe, at some of the, some parables. Of the parables of uh, of Christ. And Absolutely. I mean, how did Christ respond to this question? You know, did he believe in the end times? Or is it sensationalism? Does it create you know fear in the hearts of people? You know, how is how did Christ present this uh, this subject. Um, please share with us. Christ, I believe, presented it with hope, with an absolute hope right through everything he spoke. He, mm-hmm. he didn't water it down, by the way. He did explain very much that towards the end there will be two groups of people, but we have a choice. We all have been um, this gift of freedom of choice, and we can choose whether we want to follow him and his teachings or whether we don't want to have anything to do with him at all. It okay. will break his heart, but that's that's the choice we have. If you're not going to be happy with him on this earth, you certainly won't want to live with him for eternity. So Christ but, did teach an end time. Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, absolutely. 
So, in other words, there's going to come a day when Earth is going to going to climax. There will be. In fact, if you go back to the prophecies, which I think you've dealt with, back in Daniel 2, you can see that, you know, each kingdom was succeeded by another kingdom. Yeah, and we talked then, about that yesterday. Yes, yes and then yes. right into the bottom, into the feet. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen after that? There's going to be a grand kingdom. Mm. And that kingdom gives me goosebumps. <laughs> that kingdom is the kingdom of God, an yeah. everlasting kingdom. And yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that before we finish, hopefully, on the hope that it gives us. Mm. But when I asked you about the fire and brimstone, I did read this just this week, and I wanted to share it because to mm. me, this is what that question brought to mind. When Mary Allen was asked why she was practicing which, the answer she gave surprised the questioner. She said, as a child, I was raised in a hellfire and brimstone spitting church. I was told God would burn people, even old people and little children, for as long as time should last. I decided that if that's what God is like, I'd be better off without him. Mary Ellen wrestled with a commonly asked question, would God really do that? And I think sadly, a lot of people believe that he is a vicious, um, unloving, unforgiving God and that people will burn forever. But I'm here to say no. No, that's the wrong picture of God. As you I know, think- what, what you actually brought up there is actually another one of those big questions that I'm really conscious that we need to deal with mm-hmm. in one of our shows here because I'm conscious that throughout the Christian world there is actually a, a, a very significant belief out there uh, that cont- continues to uh, to bubble on in the background if you if yes. you please that uh, there is a God that is going to destroy through. All eternity is going to burn people for eternity. Uh, whereas, I, I think you make an excellent point. When we understand what the scriptures are saying here, a totally different picture yes. actually actually build, develops. And uh, but but look, we will deal with that as an as another another question because yes. that's a question on its own. But yes. yes, he will deal with all that fear. Yes. yes, and and that will be one to address. But yes. let me quickly get into the parables. Yes, um, because when Jesus told the parables, he told them with a reason. Always a reason. And when he talked about the end of the world, it was to really um, help people to have hope, but also how to live now in preparation. He very much gave us parables, or quite a number of them, that was to show us how to live, mm. how to be ready, you know, and not be asleep, which reminds me of the first one that I want to talk about tonight. It's in Matthew 25. And I'm looking here at a parable which is called the Ten Bridesmaid. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably know it mm-hmm. fairly well. And um, it's interesting that they all had lamps, every one of them. Agreed? Just tell us what that parable Just tell okay. us briefly what that parable all says. Right. Well, the parable literally says it's about a wedding. And on the wedding day, the bridegroom went to the bride's house for the ceremony. And the bride and groom, along with a great procession, they would return to the groom's house. Where and, and this was the tradition in, in Jesus' place. day, that was wasn't it? That was the way yes. it was done. Yeah. yeah. And, and often it would last a full week. Yep. But these ten bridesmaids, they were waiting to join the procession. And they hoped to take part in the marriage feast. But when the groom didn't come at the expected time, five of them, unfortunately, they all had oil. They all fell asleep, but five of them ran out of oil. Mm-hmm. What do you believe the oil would have represented, Gary? Mm, could it be the, the Holy Spirit in the life of the, uh, of the individuals? I believe so. 
I believe so. They weren't prepared, and that's a key thing here. Mm. They had time to prepare. As we have time to prepare now, they had time to prepare then. And so by the time they went out supposedly to purchase oil, and I don't believe you can buy the Holy Spirit anyway, Mm. but they went out to try and find some more oil. When they came back, it was too late. Mm. It was too late to join the feast. And, you know, when Jesus returns to take his people to heaven, we must be ready. I can't say that enough. I think the significance of this parable too, just uh, sorry for breaking in Mm -hmm. here, Helen. One of the things that really jumps out at me is that uh, in Matthew 24, Jesus has been talking about the subject of um, what will be the sign of your coming? The disciples have asked a question concerning the sign of his coming. And he spends the entire chapter speaking about the the things that are going to happen. He doesn't say no, it's not going to. He doesn't rebuke the disciples for asking the question, no. but rather he authenticates the question. And after authenticating the question, he says, "These are. This is how you're going to know that I'm going to come again." Yes. But then in the next chapter, he actually spends two parables, and this was the first one that you've picked up on. And he's basically now talking about how do we then live in the meantime. Yes. And and yet it climaxes with a uh, with a king, a, a bridegroom who is coming to his people. So to me, I think that context helps us out so much to understand this uh, this particular um, issue. Mm, thank you, Gary. Yeah, good point. Good point. But you know, we need spiritual preparation that can't be bought, it can't be borrowed, and it can't be at the last minute. Mm. You know, we mm. need to sort of think about our relationship with God. It must be our own. Yeah. You notice that with the ten yeah. bridesmaids. Yeah. It was individual, if you like. Yeah. But I don't want to stop at that parable. Sorry, Gary. I'd like to quickly just move on to the next parable was about loaning money, mm-hmm. if you remember that one as well, and how the master divided the money among his servants according to their abilities. No one received more or less than he could handle. And, you know, if they failed in the assignment, they would give perhaps an excuse, but it could not be an excuse that they were overwhelmed mm. because they were given what they could handle. And, you know, failure would indicate different things to the master. And I found this an interesting an interesting parable as well because, to me, it shows me that God gives us time, he gives us gifts, he gives us other resources, um, all according to our abilities, and he expects us to invest them wisely. Mm-hmm. Wisely, not just for ourselves, but wisely to use in, for him, helping others to be ready Right up until he comes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're responsible to, to use well what God has given us. And the issue is not how much we have, but how well we use what we have. Mm. As I've often said to people, I don't believe God's going to um, judge you on the light you've been given, but what you do with that light. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's critical. Yeah. We need to, to yeah. look at that now. Jesus is coming back. I have got no doubts about that, 100% sure that he's coming back. And, you know, does that mean that we should go out all and quit our jobs and, you know, and all become missionaries? Does that what that means? I think what we've actually got here, isn't it, are two parables that answer this question, how do we then live? And, you know, to, to me, as I see here, Christ has established for us a life of service. He's given us skills, yes. abilities, yes. talents in order to be able to make the world 
a better place Amen. while we're actually living here. Yes. But while living here, we're conscious that in the future, in fact, all things are not going to continue as they are now no. forever and ever and ever and ever. That's so, so true. Absolutely so true. The thing is, we don't necessarily have to go out and quit our jobs. We need to, as I read once, it said, bloom where you're planted. Mm. In other words, use what gifts that God has done in your daily work to show others the love of God. Mm. Because perfect love casts out fear. Mm. And God is perfect love. And if you have him in your heart... There is no need to afraid. Mm, mm. You know, I just said to you before we went on air, there is a, a lovely text in Psalm 91. It says, Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. Yeah, yeah. You know, or the arrow that flieth by day, mm. or the pestilence that walketh at noonday. Yeah. You know, a thousand shall fall at thy side, but it will shall not come nigh thee. Yeah. A beautiful text of promise, you yeah. know, and we can hang on to that. You know, the last man in that, that little group that were given the money, though, he actually was selfish. Mm. He kept it to himself. He didn't share. And I think that's that's a very, very sad thing. Okay. And the last parable, have I got time just for the third yes, parable? Yes, yes, please. Okay. The third parable in this chapter, um, it goes on to verses 31 to 46. It tells me how God will separate his obedient followers from those that um, are pretenders and unbelievers at his coming again. At his coming. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. his coming. You know, the real evidence of our belief is how we act. As I said before, to treat all persons that we encounter as Jesus would. Mm. It's not an easy task, mm. but it's not impossible. You know, what we do for others demonstrates what we really think of Jesus. And I think the saddest, saddest words in the Bible is where he says, depart from me, I know you not. Yeah. And yeah. there'll be a group will say, but I did this for you and I did that for you. I'm Abraham's seed. I, you know, I pay tithe. I do this and this. And he'll say, depart from me, I know you not. Yeah. Yeah. How sad is that? Mm. That mm. is sad, having mm. a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof yeah. inside. Yeah. And that's something we need to to be very, very careful of. You know, how well do our actions separate us from being hypocritical or a pretender or even an unbeliever? Yeah. You know, Jesus showed the sheep and the goats to picture the division between the believers and the unbelievers. You know, if you remember, that sheep and goats often graze together, but they were separated when it came time to shear the sheep. Mm. I don't know if you've noticed that. or ever. You know, it was a separation time. And we are, we are shown that that's going to happen at the end. Yeah. You know, yeah. man will have made their decision. Although right now, whoever is listening, let me tell you that now is the day of salvation. Mm. Now is the day to make your decision. Don't wait till down the track. You may not have that chance. But now is the time to say, yes, I want the Lord in my life. I don't want to be frightened of what people are saying, the doomsday days and what have you. By the way, we don't know. We don't know when the Lord is coming, Gary. Only God knows that. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. this, what this does is answers the, the question of how do we then live? Yes. Uh, because, you know, one of the things I'm really conscious of is that right now, you know, we've Possibly in Australia, maybe we're starting to come out the other end of the of the crisis that we've been facing. But I think of just a you know just a couple of weeks back, the number of questions that I was being fed. People were ringing me up and talking to me, and they were saying, "Pastor, where is this all going? You know, is this something? Uh, is there something?" Uh, 
that the scriptures have to say about this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, to me, I, uh, I'm aware of, uh, you know, certainly lots of, lots of people have started to hoard, you know, you've got, yes. you know, the pasta, the rice, the toilet roll. Yes. They're all starting to. You just you had know. to bring that in, didn't you? Oh, I did, I did. <laughs> but you see, that is caring yes. for myself. Yes. That's, that's what, whereas what the scriptures are, you know, what is the preparation that I have to make in order for the time that Jesus speaks about, the time when he talks about the Son of Man coming to judge the nations. What is it? What preparation do I have to make? Well, it's actually the preparation of my heart. And when I make, when my, there is a change in my heart, what actually occurs is my way of relating to and responding to others seems to change so significantly. You know, I start to care about others so that it's not my, my primary concern when there's a great crisis in the nation is not, hey, how am I going to get through this? But there is care and concern for those who who are struggling at times like this. You know, they, I, I'm able to work for my community, so I'm able to, to to positively impact my community while at the same time waiting for this event that Christ was so certain mm-hmm. was going to occur. I have a question for you, Gary. Sometimes it's not too hard. The questions are supposed <laughs> to come from you to me, I know, but I have a question. You said about hoarding stuff. Yeah. Why should we not be bothered about that? Is there some scriptural basis for us not to? I think what the, where there's a very clear scriptural basis in order to be able to make adequate preparation for tomorrow. I think I think that's fine. But you know, one of the things that uh, one of the problems I sense with hoarding is that so often hoarding is only caring for myself. Mm. Uh, and you know that myself within the scriptures I think is a major problem. Do you know if I am a you know a committed uh, follower of Christ, and if perchance I have huge resources, perhaps I have a you know a lots of flour, lots of rice, or whatever. Whatever I've got in my my cupboard, and I see my friend in need, how am I going to relate to that person? Well, you know, to me, I, I think according to the scriptures, what I'm actually going to be doing is is working for the for the good, for the welfare of that. But you know, mm-hmm. to, to to be just caring for myself and caring just for my family, and to to, to push the others, the downtrodden, further down, is actually an anti-Christ. Principle. Absolutely, Gary. Absolutely. I'm sorry to put you on the spot no, there. No, 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 that's I fine. was thinking too, where God has promised our bread and water would be sure. Yeah. I've never seen him. He's never let me down in my entire life. And I, I'm reminded of you can hoard whatever you like, but bushfires went through not long ago yeah, in Australia yeah, and people yeah. lost what they hoarded yeah, or whatever yeah. they had. You know, and I mentioned to you early just before we came on air that I went through an earthquake, a massive earthquake, 7.4 on the Richter scales in Madang, uh, New Guinea. And three minutes to four in the morning it hit. I actually thought it was the end of the world. I could taste the dust, you know, I could hear the bricks falling and the girders falling in and we lost the support underneath our floor. And I can remember I I got out of bed very quickly, knelt by the side of the bed, which was shaking, and I started to pray. I thought I was praying quietly, but apparently my husband said I was praying out loud. But what amazed me was it didn't matter what I had in my house materialistically, I couldn't hang on to them. I couldn't hang on to my husband. I couldn't hang on to anything. And it dawned on me the only person I could hang on to was the Lord. Amen. And it made such a difference to my life that 
I, I, I'm sure God allowed me to go through this because I learned mm. so many lessons from it. Yeah. And, and I think today, I mean, I would much rather, like a man I heard the other day came through on, on one of the news stations, that he went to a petrol station and he paid for the fuel for the emergency workers that were coming through early in the mm. morning. Mm. He, he actually put out $900. Now, he could have bought stuff to hoard from himself. He yeah. didn't. Yeah. He paid $900 for their fuel. Yeah. Now, yeah. to me, what a blessing to the people. Yeah. And what a blessing yeah. I'm sure God would give him for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know whether the man's a Christian or not. I don't know. But he certainly showed Christian virtues. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we don't have any fear if we have the Lord in our life. Yeah, yeah. Now that's uh, that's such, a, and it really brings us back to the to the question that we're asking today, doesn't it? You know, because this this issue talk about the end times is it just sensational fear mongering? Well, is there talk about the end times in the New Testament, the Old Testament, right through the scriptures, the apocalyptic is yes, there is. Absolutely, you know, the scriptures very clearly point that our world is actually moving in a direction. It's moving into yes. to a point where what Christ says is you. I'm coming again. The earth is not going to just continue on until finally it whimpers out into some sort of oblivion. Uh, what we find is the scriptures are just so powerful that history is coming to a glorious climax. Absolutely. And as I as I look at this and uh, uh, and I look at our question, uh, is it uh, is this fear mongering? Is that the intention of what scriptures teach? Well, Helen, we're going to talk about that. As soon as we come back from this particular song, because, you know, I am convinced that fear is not the the reason this teaching is in the scriptures is not to create fear in no. our hearts. I think there's a totally different um, uh, possibility that that is there. But we're going to talk Absolutely. about that as soon as we come back from uh, from this song. Our song is Annie McCloyd. Signs of the Times is a powerful song. Thanks, and Carrie. Please enjoy.
FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD, exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with uh, Pastor Gary and uh, and Helen Gray. Uh, this is the program where we look each week at difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. If you have questions, you can text them to our desk. That's oh four three eight zero double six six three five. That number again oh four three eight zero double six six three five. Today. We're asking is talk about the end times, just sensational fear mongering, and I have with me Helen Gray in the in the studio. Helen, let's talk about the end times. Thank you so much for what you shared. It's it's powerful material what the scriptures are actually sharing. But uh, do you know I'm I, I'm just so conscious that for some people the concept of end times makes a scary world even more scary. How would you respond to that? Well, number one, I would say get rid of the fear, and the only way to get rid of the fear is to know someone who can take away that fear. Okay. To me, that's a life with Christ. Mm-hmm. I believe wholly in the Bible, the Scripture, um, from cover to cover. I believe that Christ has promised that he is coming. Mm-hmm. I believe in his promise. These are realities yep. we're talking about, yep. aren't they? Absolutely. In fact, references to his coming is something like 1,500 times 
in Scripture. Yeah. That's a lot of times. That's a lot. So it must yeah. be pretty, you know, when you th- break it down, it's about once in every 25 verses mm. in the New mm. Testament. That means it's very important. Yeah. And to me, it is very, very important. You know, the Lord says to us, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in me? Sorry, you believe in God, believe also in me. Mm. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive Mm. you unto myself, that where I am, there you may may be also. Hang on to that. Hang on to that. You know, I I just want to share a few, few thoughts about that. You know, Jesus is the answer to our loneliness. Not only on this earth, but when we go to heaven, yeah. when we're with him continually. You know, we look forward to that coming, that future. It's bright. It's bright with the promises of God. And, you know, today I have a place to belong because yeah. he has already told me. Today I have a hope for my despair. And because I'm valuable to him, today I have a reason to feel good about myself. Mm. You know, he treats me as his child and I'm a child of the king. Therefore, I'm a princess. And by the way, you're Prince Gary. Hello, Prince Gary. You know, one day I'll see him face to face yeah, and yeah. and be immersed completely in his love. You know, he's promised never to forsake me. And although I can't see him today, his second coming assures me that one day soon I will. Mm. Now, that's going to deal with loneliness. And a lot of people are lonely, especially today. Yeah, yeah. But also he is the answer to the problem of pain. Mm. And lots of people go through pain. Gary, I know yeah. the times I've been yeah. in pain. Actually, strangely enough, they're the times I, I'm more reliant on God, yeah. and I know He's there. But the second coming of Christ, to me, is a solution to that problem of suffering and of pain and of tears. One day, Christ will give us all new bodies. Mm. And this uh, is the promise of Scripture, isn't it? Yes, you know, this is what absolutely. Paul is saying. You know, he talks to yeah. the Corinthians, and this is the thing that he he just comes back to it time and time again. Yeah. New bodies that will pulsate with absolute joy mm. and life and health. I mean, yeah. hang about. I've got life more abundantly now. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. you know, mind-blowing thinking, well, how much more? Yeah. How much yeah. more? Yeah. He'll take us to a land where there is no suffering or heartache or sickness or sorrow or death, and we should all say amen to that. Mm. You know, the answer to our problems of injustice he's going to fix. You know, cancer is unfair. Yeah. When you think about it, one and it's day, true. So many people have got, you know, have a life that really it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah, yeah. It'll be done away with. Yeah. There won't be any need for the doctors. Yeah. War yeah. is unfair. One day it will end. Poverty is unfair. One day there will only be the prosperity for everybody in heaven. Yeah. Famine is unfair. One day there will be an abundance. Mm. You know, we can hope again because this earth is not the end of the road mm. and God ultimately will set all things right. He will also give us the answer to the problems of aging and of death. You know, it is obvious, Gary, that there is something terribly wrong with our planet Mm, mm, right at this moment. Instability is increasing worldwide. Fear, men's heart fighting them for fear. Natural disasters, deteriorating world conditions, rising crime, violence all around us. Something is wrong. But, Gary, there is a solution. And you know and that's the, our wonderful God, and, and that's the thing that to me is so exciting because Scripture points out what the what the problem is, but it also points out what the solution is, and it I says, mean, "Hey, you know, this world is going to 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 uh, it has a future and a hope, uh, but the future and the hope is not bound up in man's efforts, no. but rather in the acts of the Almighty God." Yes. Yeah. Absolute, Gary. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a blessed hope that we have. So I would admonish anyone, if you haven't given your life to the Lord, try it. 
Give it yeah. to him. Submit to him. Give him your all. And I'll tell you what, his all that he will give you mm. is just going to blow your mind completely. That's the thing I really appreciate, that, that what you just said I think is so powerful, and that is uh, if, in fact, you have never tried it, give it a go. You know, Absolutely. try it because please don't criticize it till you've given it a go. That's so and, true. Uh, and to me, uh, that, that I think is, is the powerful reality of the scriptures. And you know, somebody doesn't know how or doesn't know how to study the Bible, Gary, get them to give us a call. You yeah. know, we'll happily come out. We'll share the, the scripture with you. We'll share the blessed hope. Yeah. 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 Helen, I, I'm just wondering. How would you feel about praying? Maybe a prayer for, for somebody who, who may be wanting to, to accept Christ and doesn't know how. Yes, pray for us like a prayer. To, to, to tell us, yes. how do we do that? Let's just pray right now, Loved shall it. we? Loved it. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, you are sovereign. You are the God of all. And even though at times, Father, it seems that you are not in control, we do know that ultimately you are. That sin will see its reign and it will eventually go. Mm. Lord, please put into the hearts and minds of all the people listening this blessed hope that you have given us. Mm. Yes, the earth will finish as we know it, Father, but it won't finish by nuclear bomb or some doomsday uh, fable or myth that's going around. It will finish, Father, because you want to bring in a precious new world for us. Please, Lord, may the people that are listening and ourselves, may we hang on to you. May we give our lives to you right now and learn more about you, walk with you so we can walk right into the heavenly kingdom when you come. Mm -hmm. Take the fear away, Lord. Help us to have complete trust in you and in you alone. And may we bring honor and glory and praise to you as well. Father, I know there are many that are frightened, many that don't understand. The Bible has so many answers, Father, and I pray that everyone will have an opportunity to to study the Bible and to learn or be shown the things that are in the Bible that will help them and that will take away that fear. Be with us now, Father, I pray in the loving name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Helen, it, uh, it looks like our time is actually up for today. I was enjoying myself, Gary. I, I was enjoying myself no end. I, I'm almost starting to think we need going to need more time. Uh, we've been listening. You've been listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. Uh, this is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religions in the light of biblical prophecy. If you have questions, you can text them to our desk. That's 0438 Thanks for joining Pastor Gary and Helen Gray on the Drive Time Show. Tomorrow we conclude with a discussion of this subject. But until then, please remember that Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May the Lord richly bless you. Let's go out by uh, with Follow the Lamb by Carly Fletcher. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will keep the commandments.